Good hello, and welcome to the Thursday, September 24th edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for a quick edition of Things Happening and Happened in our area. Today's installment comes to you thanks to the Charlottesville Podcasting Network, bringing you audio from the community since 2005 and getting ready for another 15 years and beyond. That's SeavillePodcast.com. There are another 902 cases of COVID-19 reported in Virginia today, above the seven-day average of 860 new cases per day. In the Thomas Jefferson Health District, there are another 35 cases, and the seven-day average for new daily cases is now at 40. The University of Virginia's COVID-19 official tracker added another 15 cases today and now lists 221 active cases. That's defined as new cases with a positive test during the past 10 days, and these numbers only cover tests administered or provided through UVA. The tracker did not alter the number of isolation and quarantine rooms in use. They were still listed at 7% and 26% respectively. On Tuesday morning, residents of the Hancock dorm were ordered to participate in prevalence testing, according to an article in the Cavalier Daily. Later that day, President Jim Ryan imposed a five-person or less gathering limit. The Virginia Department of Health also monitors water quality in the state's rivers and lakes. An advisory remains in place for the Middle Pamunkey branch of Lake Anna due to the ongoing presence of a harmful algae bloom. However, an advisory for the Upper North Anna branch has been lifted due to water samples that show levels of algae have dropped to safer levels. According to a release, some harmful algae called cyanobacteria can cause skin rash and gastrointestinal illnesses such as upset stomach, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Operations at branches of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library are supported by a group called the Friends of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library, which raises funds for books, equipment, and other essentials for a successful system. However, the pandemic has meant that the main event has not been possible to put on. Peter Mano is the manager of the Friends of the Library. What we've, we've had for over 50 years are some pretty well-renowned and wonderful book sales that now are spring and fall. For a long time, they were spring only, and that is 90% of our funding. And that just the, the library's closed down just two weeks before our traditional spring sale. That has meant that the basement of the Gordon Avenue Library has been filled with books donated by members of the community. The fall sale has also been canceled, but Mano said the Friends have held two pop-up sales and will have another one this Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Gordon Avenue Library. It's a big change from our usual book sale which, where you would come in and you would browse the books, handling them. They would be individually priced on the inside, and obviously that's not going to fly uh, for safety reasons. Instead, volunteers have prepackaged and sealed bags with at least five books from a specific genre. For this sale coming up, we have mysteries, literary fiction, popular fiction, sci-fi fantasy, that's one category, biographies, and young adult books, and books for preschool age kids, preliterate kids, picture books, fundamentally. The Friends of the Library have not been accepting new books since March, but Mano said they may be able to do so in the future. Visit the library website for more information on the book sale and the Friends of the Library. 
Tonight, Live Arts continues its Forging Ahead season with two short plays that will be live-streamed beginning at 8 p.m. The locally sourced series consists of material created by members of the Live Arts Playwrights Lab and will be made available without a ticket. However, the theater company asks that people contribute what they can or purchase a season pass. For a list of what's on tonight, visit the Live Arts website. In meetings today, the Places 29 Rio Community Advisory Committee meets at 6 p.m. They will see the same presentations from Jim Heilman of the Electoral Board and Brad Sheffield of Jaunt on that agency's ideas for on-demand transit. Let's hear some previous sound bites from Brad Sheffield over the weeks. Here he is on August 3rd to the Charlottesville City Council. We see sometimes in the urban area that there's uh, some inefficient or hard-to-serve areas, those gaps that exist. Um, sometimes we call them the first and last mile of services. It's really hard to try to serve everybody with transit services, especially fixed route services. And so we're able to look at implementing something like on-demand that would help connect those hard-to-reach areas to those backbone fixed route services. And here he is at an event held by the Free Enterprise Forum last week on the future of parking and transit in our area. John was built on this concept of just coordinating all the different types of transportation needs that go beyond uh, that type of fixed route mass transit. And it's been successful while other communities, it's kind of fizzled away. And that's it for this quick edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast for September 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and thank you for listening if you did. If you didn't, then how can you be thanked? It's really tricky, so you should listen. And if you haven't listened, try again next time. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another installment.